Hello ladies, if you are fed up, confused as hell, or just over all the drama around weight loss, you are in the right place. My name is Bonnie LaFrac and I am your host here at Unfuck Your Weight Loss, where I help you make weight loss easy, achievable, and even fun. Because what is more fun than becoming exactly who you want to be in the body you want to be in? Let's take the shame and bullshit out of dieting and weight loss and lose the weight for the last time. Ready? Let's go. Hey there, welcome back to Unfuck Your Weight Loss. I'm Bonnie LaFrac, and today I have part one of a two-part series, Female Fat Loss for Women Over 40. This is going to be my best tips to help you reduce stress, reduce inflammation, and reduce mind drama so you can lose weight without crazy restrictions and the all-or-nothing thinking that usually results in nothing with a capital N. All-or-nothing usually gets you nothing. So I want to tell you, if this is, if it's not already apparent, especially if you're new or newer, you haven't heard a lot of the podcast episodes or you're not already in my free group, I just want to make sure it is very clear that I acknowledge and agree that there are many different ways to lose weight. There is not one way, one set of rules, my way or the highway at all. I really want to make sure that is out there because otherwise we're always going to feel like we need to adhere or follow or live up to some set of standards that might not be our own. What I'm going to share with you comes from, I'm just sharing my experience. What has worked for me? What has worked for clients? And then you can decide, I'm going to do 10 today and then 10 next week. What, what needs your attention or what would you like to try? Or what do you want to start doing or stop doing? That's it, right? You don't have to do all the things. This is not, you know, a test. This is not homework. This is not my demands on you. My goal is to help you live better, live freer and have your weight loss journey not feel like a punishment. So the first one is going to kind of be along the lines of dry January. Um, and it's funny how I wrote these. So it, it's, it is interesting. If I had put this content out, it would come off of a list. It would come off as a list of these are the things you need to do, but there's always a lot of nuance. Yes. Everybody listening to this podcast, I assume is female. I assume is 39 plus, but that's a lot of you know, thousands and thousands of women who are all a little bit different. So some of these are going to apply. Some of them are not going to apply. And there's always shades of gray, right? That's really where we're at. So number one, I'll just stop beating around the bush and I will just read exactly what I wrote. Stop drinking alcohol. <gasps> right? Ugh. Right. So you are someone, maybe you don't drink alcohol and you can be like, okay, la, 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 la. I, you know, put my fingers in my ears and skip to number two. So alcohol. There is, um, I'm not anti-alcohol. However, there's nothing good that comes from drinking. <laughs> I know. I can't really, I mean, yeah, I'm sure we could find some studies about resveratrol or we could find some, some studies about certain wine. Or I think, I'm sure we could, right? We could find anything that we want. But most studies show that women who drink more than one drink per night regularly are going to have an increased uh, incidence of cancer 
And we're going to obviously have to acknowledge that alcohol is a toxin and our bodies have to work on excreting that from our system. A lot of people will think that alcohol helps relax them and helps them sleep better, but actually studies say that sleep is disturbed by alcohol. Uh, I think a lot of us, um, you know, get the fuck it. (laughs) We eat things and snack on things when we're drinking. And I just don't think anything good comes from alcohol if I'm being true to myself. Now, if you were to say, hey, Bonnie, let's go out to dinner or let's try this new place or whatever, I probably out of habit, I'm going to look at the wine list and I'll probably order a glass of wine. I I just probably won't finish it. And I have found for myself, and maybe this is a product of getting older and going, you know, into menopause is I don't feel great drinking at all. Like I, it does not appeal to me in the same way. It doesn't make me feel good. Um, and that could just be my personal experience. It doesn't have to be yours. Sometimes just cutting back on drinking is a big help to your weight loss. What I noticed this year, and by this year, I mean 2023 versus 2022, I drank more in 2022. I drank on weekends one or two glasses of wine because we usually go out and it was just habitual. And then in 2023, I I probably in 2023 had maybe 10 glasses of wine the whole year and the majority of them were on vacation, right? I it, it was a game changer I think for me. It was better for my sleep and better for my health and better for my weight. And so if you're struggling with drinking, that's okay. It's we're all struggling with something. I will also tell you this. I'm not a social person. I don't make a lot of social plans. I don't like going out. (laughs) Sound really like a fun person. I don't. I just, I'm really a homebody. And I also, you know, I'm busy at home and I just can't imagine drinking at home. So for me, lifestyle-wise, not drinking is easy. And I recognize for some of you, it is harder, especially those of you who do have a lot of business dinners, business travel, you're entertaining a business associate, or you like to entertain in your home, or you like to go out. And not drinking is always, you know, people think it's weird. Think like, what, are you pregnant? Well, (laughs) no. Are you, you know, are you sick? Do you have to make up a lie as to why you're not drinking? Here's where I would leave it for you. If you think that cutting back on drinking would help you, try it. If, If drinking alcohol doesn't seem to be the big rock, the big lever, like something that would be a big change to your overall health and well-being, then we don't have to do anything with it. But if you are drinking or have been drinking a lot, you don't have to go, you know, to zero. What could, you know, I do think, I look at alcohol or, you know, drink, you know, having wine or, you know, beer or mixed drinks. I, I think about it just like I would think about snacking or desserts. I would just plan it out, plan it ahead. How much are you going to drink? and put it in writing and see if that helps you stick to a specific amount. And then ultimately you get to decide. People do lose weight and drink alcohol. They do. I do think people who give up alcohol, one of the benefits they've noticed is that weight loss 
is easier and it's faster and they feel better overall. Just saying that. Okay. So please don't, (laughs) please don't turn off the podcast. Give me the finger and give me a one-star review because I said to stop drinking alcohol. It may not be, it might not be the biggest problem, right? So I have 10 tips. Pick the one that you think would give you the biggest bang for your buck. If you're not ready to tackle this, that's okay. Inside of self-made, just as a side note, as much as it is a weight loss program, and we we do talk about urges to eat, but we also talk about urges to drink, urges to say yes to alcohol when we didn't plan it. So I look at eating and drinking kind of in the same vein. Number two, speaking of drinking, If you're drinking juice and soda and things that generally have more than, I don't know, 25, 35 calories per 8 8 to 12 ounce serving, I would reassess that. Maybe just keep track of how much you're drinking in terms of calories between juices and sodas and kombuchas and energy drinks and all of those things will add up. If during the course of the day, you're noticing you're taking 100, 200, 300 calories in liquid, that's something that if you eliminated, you probably would lose weight. It Sometimes we think, oh, 100 calories, 200 calories is not a big deal. But again, it's over the course of time. There are many sugar-free, uh, calorie-free, you know, zero-calorie things that you could add to water, uh, that you can get for seltzers and things like that. There's a lot of different ways to, you know, get the kinds of beverages you like without the calories you do not need. To me, that's a, an easy one. But again, I'm not you. Maybe you're used to having that big glass of orange juice. Maybe you do drink a lot of milk or chocolate milk. Okay, no judgment here. But if I wanted to lose weight and not just do it from restricting, but I'm thinking about what would be easy, how could I reduce stress, inflammation, and mind drama. Like that, that's where my mind goes. Like what's the, what's the easiest stuff I can do? So for some people, giving up alcohol sounds easier than that. And others, it could be, up, could be giving up that juice or go, there's a lot of low calorie alternatives because calories matter. They do. Number three, eat meals and stop snacking. <laughs> uh, here's the thing. I, uh, snacking is an, inter- is an interesting thing. Snacking, um, like for me, I call meal, everything is a meal. So if I'm, I've trained my brain in that way because I, if I get into snacking, it's usually I'm grabbing something, a handful of something, a bag of something. It is often I'm in a hurry. I'm overly hungry or I'm actually not hungry and I just see it or I'm sitting down at the computer or I'm stressed out about something or out of habit, I'm just always having a snack at 3 p.m., right? Out of a habit, right? I, I got into a habit of I have breakfast, lunch, dinner and a snack between breakfast and lunch and lunch and dinner. And then I also have a snack after dinner. A lot of us, right? That's, we get into eating four, five, six, seven, eight times a day out of habit. And that's just a lot of food. And not is it just a lot of food, we probably want to figure out if we're actually hungry. If we are constantly eating, grazing, snacking, 
you know, even if it's just the, the, the one lunch that we have, but we eat it between 12 p.m. and 4 p.m., constantly eating and grab, our bodies actually do not get to recover. We're, you know, we're asking our body to produce insulin and to digest food all day long. Like that's going to keep you from actually having your body tap into fat stores and burn body fat because it's just like I keep adding gasoline to the gas tank. Like we never get, you know, we never get to empty where I need to tap into the other resources. So when I talk about a meal versus a snack, it's not because you can't eat candy or you can't eat chips or you can't eat crackers. I would just make them part of a meal. So if I did want crackers or chips or craisins or whatever it is that you want, okay, well, where's the protein or where's, you know, the main course? Even if the meal is smaller, can I still get a pro? Can I get a, a ready to drink protein shake? Can I have a protein bar and then also eat X, Y, Z? That's where I think you can make up a lot of ground and make weight loss easier is to, to not just be eating all day. So the first part is to really get a handle on what's happening. A food journal works really well in this way so that you can actually document what's going on on your average day. What times are you eating and what are you eating and are you hungry? I kind of start there and see what is what. I think most of us are busy. We're running around. We're grabbing food on the go. We're eating off our kids' plates. We just don't put a lot of thought into it sometimes. And we are hungry or we go all day without eating. And then as soon as we get home, we're snacking and we're cooking dinner and then we're eating dinner and eating off our kids' plates and then snacking all night long and waking up and obviously not being hungry because I ate all night long. And so we kind of, we're kind of stuck in that pattern. So for me, again, speaking as one person, what has helped me with my weight loss and keeping weight off is that no matter what it is that I'm eating, I don't have food rules. I will tell you, I eat a lot of sandwiches. Um, I eat three times a day. It's odd if I eat more than three times a day. Then I didn't plan well. For, for real, I mean, I just, something happened and now I, you know, I'm eating a protein bar or I'm, you know, whatever. So I'm eating leftover. Something's happened where I just am busy or mindless, something is off schedule. So for me, three meals a day works well. Now, again, I'm not training to get on stage. I don't do an hour of strength training five or six days a week and also, you know, walk five miles a day anymore. I don't. Um, I do move every day, but I don't need four, five, six, seven, eight meals. And a lot of people really don't either. So Figure out what is going on with your particular brand of snacking. What is it all about? Is it just because you're stuck, you know, in front of a computer all day, you're bored, you're stressed, you, you know, it's habit. Are you actually hungry? Do your, do your meals need to actually be bigger? If you have three meals, think about it. We're not going to have three 300 calorie meals a day. That would only be 900 calories a day. Your meals probably are going to have to be bigger. They're probably going to be a minimum of 400 calories. But three meals, like for a big girl like me, a grown-up woman like myself, I can probably have a meal that's 700, 800 calories. And that's reasonable. 
and not all, and it just because I have three meals doesn't mean they all have to be the same. They all have to be the equal amount of calories. I can have a smaller meal and I can have a bigger meal, but I don't want to be eating all day because I want my body to not have to digest all day and have my entire digestive tract working all day. I would like my body to have to burn, you know, burn also body fat. Okay. How am I going to get to, how many, I've already, I've only done three so far. Okay. Um, number four go to bed and be sure you're getting enough deep sleep, right? Um, for anybody who's known me in a past life, one of the things that I would just tell people would be go the fuck to bed. Just go to bed. Like, what are you doing? Why at nine o'clock or 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock are you up? Like (laughs) it is time to go to bed. Stop it. We're not really as productive as we think. And if we do feel more productive, it's probably, a hormone imbalance, right? Your cortisol should be lowering as the day goes on, as the sun sets, as it becomes night. And over time, right, we can push ourselves to be going around the clock, right? Oh, well, I have to, you know, I have to put my kids to bed and then it's me time, right? Or I have to wait till, you know, my husband goes to sleep and then it's me time. It's like, no, Stop that. There's nothing good happening at 10 o'clock at night. If you work overnight, that is a whole entirely different conversation. And it is more complicated. For those of you who work nights, work overnight shifts, you're going to have the natural cortisol curve not really cooperating in your favor. So you must immediately quit your jobs. No, you probably don't want to do that, but it is harder. It's harder to lose weight, lose body fat, and have that somewhat of a hormonal balance when you do work overnight. But for those of you who do not work overnights, it's time to go to bed. And do you get enough deep sleep? Question mark. You might not even know. Um, and I'm not, I'm not here. I don't get any money from Aura, O-U-R-A. I wear an Aura ring. I think it's interesting data. And I believe, I'm almost positive, Fitbits and Apple Watches probably do some of the same tracking. I don't wear my Apple Watch to bed because I feel like it just doesn't hold enough of a charge for me. So I feel like I just charge my my watch every night. But the Aura Ring has been really interesting for me just to track the different sleep cycles, right? There's, um, as you probably know, there's uh, light sleep and REM sleep and deep sleep and all of these, you know, I think there's other cycles and we constantly cycle through. So it's not one cycle, but we're constantly cycling through and we do need a specific portion of our sleep to be that deep sleep, that our restful sleep. That's that's the money in the sleep. And the aura ring has been interesting to track because I started to notice I felt really not rested and kind of groggy and I went and checked my aura ring and my deep sleep was off. So I kind of went back to the drawing table um, with some supplements and made some changes. I don't like to make a lot of supplement uh, recommendations on a podcast because, well, I'm not your doctor. And I will say I do take supplements. I don't take sleeping pills or anything prescription. But there are a lot of very uh, natural things out there, even beyond melatonin. But I really had to make some adjustments to get back into that deep sleep. So here's the thing. If you're not going to sleep, then we don't have to worry about deep sleep yet. But I would, if you want to lose weight and to reduce stress 
and to reduce inflammation and to reduce all the mind drama and to make weight loss easier, have a regular set bedtime and a regular set wake up time and try to keep it as much as you can seven days a week. And, you know, you will start to see that it, it gets easier to do that. And if you, you know, I, I've offered this many times inside my free group. I just haven't, haven't gotten to it. I always have a lot of good ideas, but sometimes fall short on execution. I think that's the ADHD in me. But I do know that there's not always um, a lot of information about, you know, supplements. A lot of our, I'm sure my own physicians probably are like, blah, 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 Bonnie, you know don't want to talk about it, but there are things that, you know, can help you sleep. Um, lots of, you know, lots of different, uh, studies about sleep hygiene, you know, to have your room set very cool and to make sure that your sheets are, um, you know, breathable and you have the curtains or blinds that are completely, uh, color blocking and you don't have a lot of lights and things like that. And you're, there are a lot of different things to set up your bedroom for ideal sleep, but it doesn't matter if you're not willing to go to bed. <laughs> so consider me your podcast mom when I tell you to go to bed. And if you do have any type of tracking is to really take a look at how much deep sleep you're actually getting, because then you will, you will feel like you're actually rested. And I, and here's the thing with women and stress. Sometimes it's hard to recognize that we are under stress because, well, we're built, I mean, as human beings and not just women, we're built for stress. We are definitely, we have a lot, a lot of, a lot of years built into the making of the human organism and our bodies can withstand a lot of stress. But I feel like working with women all of these years, I, some, I think it's easy to not realize that we are stressed out. We are go, 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 doing all the things, not getting enough sleep, not getting enough quality food, feeling, um, just feeling a lot of things that we don't know what to do with. And we just assume this is the way it is and that you know, we have to suck it up and nothing's wrong and I can handle this and I can handle this and I can handle this. But there are clues that our body will leave us when we don't feel good and when we are not losing weight in, a, you know, you could also lose weight because you are overly stressed, right? You stop eating altogether, but it's okay for you to need help or to feel stressed out. And we want to figure out how to mitigate stress because a stressed body an inflamed body is definitely not going to prioritize the loss of body fat, which is what we want. Sometimes when we lose weight from being overly stressed, we're actually losing muscle mass. We're losing bone. We're losing, we're losing things that we don't want to lose. We want to lose body fat and keep all of that muscle mass. Number five, prioritize protein and fiber as much and as much real food as you can. You've heard me talk about this a lot. And that goes kind of back to this meals versus snacking. I am not anti fill in the blank. I don't, I, I don't really think that's most people's problems unless they, you know, they're eating something that, you know, if you have a gluten sensitivity and you need to avoid gluten, okay, or any other food sensitivities or allergies, or you're just noticing that certain things don't make you feel good, well, then obviously don't include them. But by and large, it's not what we're eating, it's what's eating us. 
to be honest, right? And I think part two will go more into um, sort of that aspect, the mind drama and the mindset and the mental game of eating. But really, even if you're eating gummy bears, can you pair it with a protein? Seriously, try it out and see if that helps you so that you're not feeling like, okay, well, I'm going to eat the salad with chicken, but what I really want is gummy bears, but I'm not going to eat the gummy bears. I'm not going to eat the gummy bears. I'm not. And then at eight o'clock tonight, you eat the whole bag. How can you incorporate some of the things that you do like or do want and plan it out ahead of time? Sometimes we think, I really want those. I really want those. And then we give ourselves permission to eat them. We eat them and we realize they don't even taste that good. Sometimes we just are overly hungry. We haven't given ourselves enough nutrition and we, we are experiencing a lot of cravings, okay? I don't really buy into the fact that, you know, people are sugar addicts. I think it can, it can feel sometimes that we have an insatiable urge for sugar, but that's because it tastes good, okay? All right, speaking of which, number six, make sure you're eating enough calories overall, that I think is a really big thing when it comes to wanting to lose weight, attempting to lose weight, setting, um, setting up calories or macros or, you know, trying to reduce too much. Like I said about eating three meals, I think a lot of people, you know, think a, a meal should be three or 400 calories, but that's just not, it's just not very much if you're eating three times a day. If you do prefer, if you overall feel better with four or five times a day, that's great. Think about how many calories per meal you would want. An average adult woman, I think on the low end, 15, 1600 calories. Again, it depends on your activity level. It depends on your age. It depends on your muscle mass. It depends on you know what you're doing. So there isn't a one size fits all, but I will tell you, it's interesting. A lot of diet books and a lot of diet mythology and folklore have women eating 1,200 calories or less. Most women could still lose weight eating 2,500 calories a day. It's, if, you've, if you have been, though, eating 1,000 calories a day, you can't necessarily go to 2,500 calories. You have to be able to slowly introduce more food. And I think that's probably why a lot of people um, fall into that all or nothing. That they, because it does take time to let your body, you know, get set up for more food and not feel like we're going either all low calorie or all high calorie. It's trying to find that middle lane can feel very overwhelming and confusing. But obviously that's what coaches do too, right? Is help you figure that out. My goal for myself and my clients and for you is to be able to eat as much as you can and still lose weight rather than eat as little as you can and lose weight because that's what kills metabolisms. Number seven, try to leave two to three hours between your last meal and bedtime. Now, sometimes this works and sometimes it doesn't. You could, again, just have one of those nights where the workday went long, a meeting went long, you forgot your dinner, like something happened and you have to come home and eat and then it's nine o'clock at night and you have to go to bed. That is okay. That is totally okay. Not every day needs to be ideal or perfect in order to be helpful, effective, or work for your weight loss. However, on an average day, let's say you eat dinner um, at 6 p.m., getting ready and getting into bed around 9 p.m. kind of makes sense because that way you have already digested. You're not going to go lay down with a full stomach. Um, you will probably sleep better and 
you will probably um, not be overly hungry. What happens sometimes when we try to lose weight is we try to um, go even longer is one of the things. You know, people don't eat enough at dinner and then they go to bed and then they're actually physically hungry and that's kind of an issue. Um, But really, I think you will find you have better digestion and better sleep when you have that two to three hour gap. I have found personally, if my gap is four or five hours, like if I'm still awake, um, I may, I may be hungry, right? And then I have to rethink my dinner strategy. Okay. These are, again, these are all tips. These are not, you have to do these things. Some of you probably have already heard something that you can work on right now. Number eight, focus on your gut health. What does that mean? I think this is one of those things. It's kind of like sleep. It's kind of like alcohol. Sometimes we just don't recognize that it's not normal to feel like we have not great digestion. So we think it is normal to feel full, bloated, gassy, to be constipated, right? To not have bowel movements regularly, to go two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, 10, 12, 14 days without a bowel movement is not normal. Now, again, normal, normal for one person is not normal for another. Um, for me, if I did not go to the bathroom every single day, that would, I would feel constipated. Um, so you got to kind of start where you're at, but gut health is kind of an overall health and how do, you know, so if I have a lot of things going on, I might just be used to it. I might think it's normal to feel full and be constipated and bloated and feel gassy and feel like I have to unbutton uh, my pants. But that's not really that normal, right? And there's a lot of things you could do. Sometimes it is just a matter of figuring out, is it because I drink a lot of carbonated beverages? Am I drinking seltzer water all day? Am I chewing a lot of gum? Am I drink? you know, sometimes I, I found this happened when I was doing a lot of protein shakes and I was using the blender and I was, and there was just a lot of air, right? I was just feeling, um, that all that combination of a lot of seltzer water, a lot of gum, a lot of water in general, and a lot of blended protein shakes was making me feel not good. And my digestion told me so, right? It was, you know, diarrhea is, a, is an example of that. So taking care of your digestion also means listening to your body, figuring out, is there something that I'm eating that does not agree with me? Am I, you know, maybe drinking too much water while I'm eating, that sometimes happens too. Maybe you could drink the water, you know, before or after your meal. Um, you could figure out, do I want to try digestive enzymes? Do I want to try probiotics? Do I want to add some fermented foods? It, you know, I want to narrow down what is happening rather than rely on Pepto-Bismol or Tums every night or Prilosec or Zantac um, to treat the symptoms, to treat something that maybe I could get ahead of. Because again, if my digestion is not really working that well, I probably am not actually getting all of the nutrition from my food. And in that state, my body's not going to burn body fat. So I want to focus on my gut health. It helps me sleep better. It helps me think better. It helps me stay healthier all year round. There, The amount of information that's come out in the last five to 10 years about microbiome and our gut health is amazing. How much of our overall health is tied to our gut is just mind-blowing. And so listening to your body um, 
does take time. Sometimes we just assume what is happening is normal. Um, but it's, again, some of the stuff, feeling bloated, feeling full, constipated, gassy, you know, that's not normal for sure. Okay. I'm almost there. Number nine, move every day. And I don't mean that you have to go to the gym every day. You have to work out every day. You have to do, um, you know, anything rigorous every day. But a lot of us do sit a lot in front of a computer. And it would be really helpful to schedule in a time to get up away from your desk, to walk around, to go for that walk. Uh, Obviously, to use your calendar to plan in your gym time. Movement doesn't necessarily have to be about an aggressive workout, but getting more steps in, getting more movement overall is good for you. They say, walk, they say, uh, what do they say? Sitting at your desk is the new smoking. I don't know if it is that dramatic, um, but for me, walking is my go-to. When the weather is not good, or it's dark out, or too cold, or too hot, I use my rebounder, um, and I schedule in strength training. Uh, I've been really good about twice a week. I think for 2024, I'm going, I'm going up to, t- to back to three times a week. Okay, so moving every day so it doesn't mean I have to do a high-intensity workout. I just want to make sure I get in my steps, that I get off my my ass and I walk around. Set your alarm on your phone. If every hour on the hour, you can go walk around for five or 10 minutes. That way at the end of the day, you know you got in maybe 50 minutes of walking. Okay, and number 10, plan ahead for weekends, social events, business travel, or anything that takes you out of your normal routine. And I think, because I think this is what generally happens with weight loss is that we all do really well Monday through Friday or when things are quiet, there's no parties, there's no holidays, there's no vacations, there's no one else in charge of the luncheon or the business presentation or what have you. And in those, you know, so we can stick to a plan only when things are calm or quiet or normal or routine. But here's the thing. Life is full of unexpected events and sometimes filled with obligations that for whatever reason, your job or your family, you have to go to these places. There are some things that you also do have control over. You don't have to go out to every social occasion if you really don't want to. But if you do enjoy parties and socializing and eating out, you absolutely can still lose weight. You just want to have a plan. And the more you get into planning, the easier this gets. You do understand, hey, at a, you know, Italian restaurant, these are the kinds of things I tend to order because it's easy. I like them. um, And it doesn't make me seem like a weirdo with 300 requests, right? Or, you know, these are the restaurants or the kinds of foods I do like to splurge on. Or these are the kinds of restaurants and foods I will not splurge on because I don't like them right? We start to become our future self where it doesn't matter if I have a party or a meeting or a vacation. It doesn't mean that I just become a different person and I have to eat all the things and drink all the things and do something that actually goes against what my 
goals are, who, what I stand for, what my standards are, where I'm going. It doesn't have to all fall apart. I think a lot of, um, a lot of women, you know, whether they have these uh, social events or business travel, sometimes it feels like that on the weekend, right? Well, I have my kids have sporting events and then this one, you know, has the uh, ballet and then the art class and then, the, yeah, so what, right? <laughs> so what? what? What does that mean? Why can't you eat how you want to eat, right? Or do we just get into this cycle of, well, I was good all week or I deserve a break or everybody else is eating it, right? We have to really be able to be honest with ourselves and also plan for the things that you do really like. There's nothing wrong with eating pizza. There's nothing wrong with eating ice cream. Just so long as you're actually choosing it, you're actually enjoying it, and you're not letting it get in your head that, oh my God, I've ruined everything, right? And then we just kind of, oh, on Monday, I have to restart. I have to get back on track, right? We want to break that cycle. And you can absolutely do that by planning ahead. And what does that mean? It means in writing, what what things can I control? What, how do I want it to go? I sometimes use the example because this, I get it. You're going to say, well, I won't know. How will I know what they'll have? I, you know, I won't know what restaurant it is, but think about it this way. If you had a baby or a kid, right. And you know what babies eat or your kids eat and you were taking them to the business meeting or the vacation or the restaurant, whatever, would you just say, oh, whatever happens, happens my baby only eats baby formula, right? Or my kid only eats peanut butter and jelly or what have you. Would you just say, oh, well, they only have steak tartare. They only have vodka. (laughs) So that's what you're going to do. No, you would obviously figure out what it is that your baby or your child or you need or want. That's all it really is, is just figuring out what is it that you need or want it does not matter what other people need or want. You would figure it out, okay? You, if you want to lose weight and you want to reduce stress and you want to reduce inflammation and you want to reduce all this drama, part of that does have to, you, does have to be you then advocating for yourself. We're not going to get to a lesser stress, uh, more health, less inflammation, less mind drama just because we hope other people will figure it out for us. They won't. They don't care. <laughs> Everybody just cares about themselves. And not because they, they're not, not caring because they hate you. It's like people don't know what you want. And that's okay. Nobody has to know. You can plan for anything. You can. And then you can have a plan A. You can have a plan B. You can have a plan C. Right? Because a lot of times our plans don't go as planned. But I want you to be able to enjoy your weekends without feeling like you're throwing it all away, that you have to get back on track every Monday. We want to break up that cycle so that we can actually enjoy foods without guilt, without shame, and figure out the things that we do want to include and the things that we don't want to include. That is how you are going to lose weight, not just in 2024, but be on that weight loss journey where you lose it and it's easy to keep off, right? Because I know you've probably lost weight before and the issue was we didn't keep it off because we did something that was not sustainable, right? We went out and suffered through 
business dinners, vacations, we ate the salad, we drank the seltzer water, and we were pissed and resentful and hungry. And it doesn't have to be that way. Anyway, as promised, this is just part one. These were the first 10 of the how to lose weight. And the second 10 will be coming at you next week. Thank you for being here. I hope you're having a great new year so far. Like I mentioned at the top of the podcast, I do have a free Facebook group, Food, Fitness, Fat Loss for Women Over 40. I hope to see you there. Have a great one. You're a smart woman. You're accomplished. You run your house, a business, manage people, you manage money, you take care of the kids. Maybe you take care of your parents. You make all the plans, take care of the pets, you run the world, and often feel like you do do it all. And there is just one thing you may have not yet mastered. Though it's not because you haven't tried, it's not because you don't have enough discipline or willpower, many women, and maybe you can relate, feel like they do not have time or should not take or allocate any time for their own needs. Plus, two other things, dieting and being in our 40s and 50s may have created some hormonal instability and you might not have figured out how to handle all of life's ups and downs, how to not eat and drink your feelings. So if you're 39 to 59 plus and you're ready for permanent weight loss results without giving up all of your favorite foods or locking yourself up for 12 weeks at a time, or bringing your own food to every occasion, like that purse chicken, (laughs) let's make this year the one where you lose the weight in a new way. My coaching program, Self Made, is for all things metabolism, mindset, and making shit happen. Yes, we have weekly accountability, one-on-one coaching, and all the tools, techniques, and strategies I have used to create a lifestyle that is not another full-time job of dieting. So if you'd like to set up a free strategy call and find out if this is what you want, please go ahead and grab a spot in my personal calendar. The link is in the notes below. Thank you so much for tuning in to Unfuck Your Weight Loss. The next step, of course, is to take action on something we discussed because implementation beats information all day long. If you enjoyed this podcast, Thank you for being here and please leave a review wherever you tune in for all of your podcasts. Please be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Looking forward to dropping all the F-bombs with you next week. Have a good one.